Welcome to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Christy. And I'm Bill. We're husband and wife. We're also psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We're glad you've joined us on Soul Talks as we invite you into our home to share our hearts and our intimacy with Jesus in life, love, and leadership. Honey, we talk a lot about empathy. We find so many of the people that we are meeting with really are needing to receive empathy. Mm -hmm. They don't really have anybody that's empathizing with them and their hurt and their pain and their experience. So they feel alone. And then as they receive the empathy, we just see the difference it makes, how they just are renewed and encouraged and they feel strengthened and how God really uses it to minister to them. Yeah, this is men and women, people in professional ministry and people in lay ministry, younger people, older people. We all need empathy. We find that it's such a need that we say empathy is oxygen for your soul. It's yeah. that crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is empathy? Well, empathy is really entering into somebody else's experience and seeking to understand what they feel mm-hmm. and be with them in that feeling. It can be helpful to articulate to them what you think they might be feeling and check that out. Mm-hmm. So you're actually listening with your mouth in a way, mm-hmm. in that you're, as it's appropriate, you're putting some words to what you're hearing the person say and what they seem to be feeling. Mm-hmm. Checking in with them to see, you know, if you're really understanding right. And yes, yeah. yeah. And so, especially in working with couples, which we do quite a bit, we really try to model that and get couples to practice that and learn what a gift it is that they can give and receive from each other in their relationship as they extend empathy. Most couples, most friendships, most parent-child relationships are not uh, filled with empathy. Most people that we talk to, they don't know how to do it. They might know how to listen. They might be very compassionate. And that's the confusing thing for a lot of people we find is that they don't know the difference between empathy and compassion. I mean, they're related, but they're very different because you can be really compassionate and maybe not have that much empathy because compassion is, I mean, there's maybe a degree of empathy you're feeling for somebody, but in compassion, the the beauty of compassion is you're moving to action to do something for somebody. They're hungry, so you feed them. Mm -hmm. You know, you're hosting people at your house and, and, you know, blessing them and being hospitable. Uh, And so compassion is a, a wonderful gift of the Lord. But uh, empathy is something different. It's not necessarily so doing-oriented right. or maybe to be more precise. The, the doing is in the, the listening mm-hmm. and the questions and the understanding and the, the being together and the relating and the, the taking time with somebody. Yeah. And one of the things that's so powerful about empathy is if I'm hurting over something and you empathize with me, I don't go to shame. Mm. But if I am hurting and I show you that, and you're not empathizing with me, then I go to shame. Now, that is, I bet, a new thought for our listeners. Tell us more what you mean by that. So shame is when like, we're feeling bad about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so how does empathy help somebody not go into guilt and shame? And Well, let's give it an example. Let's say that I am grieving the loss of something, and I share that with you. And mm-hmm. you say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. You're going to get over it. You're not going to feel this way next week. And it's not that big of a loss. And God's got something better for you. Hmm. Well, then I go to shame. Well, what's wrong with me? Well, I'm, encur- I'm just encouraging you. Well, no, I've, I I go to shame. Like, oh, he doesn't get it. I guess I'm bad for feeling 
bad about this. Right. But I might think I'm encouraging you because I'm trying to activate you. Mm-hmm. And I might actually be, it didn't sound all that compassionate what you were saying there, but I might feel like I'm being compassionate in trying to, you know, get you moving in a positive direction and sort of cheer you up. But what you're saying is it, it, it feels... Shuts me down. Mm-hmm. And then I just have to hide. Oh, I can't be honest with you about what I'm feeling and it's not safe. And I guess I'm wrong for feeling this way and I just need to be strong for you and positive for you. Then I, I start to isolate maybe from you or the community in that way. Hard to believe, but 30 years ago, I used to do that kind of thing. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, the difference is when you empathize with me, then it really does courage me. And mm. then I am able to act because you empathize with me and you say, oh, yeah, I'm really sad for you. I could see why you'd be sad about that and mm-hmm. feeling that loss. And then I'm able to kind of say, yeah, well, you know, he understands, but this isn't permanent. I'm going to get through this. And mm. you know what? I'm not alone. And God's with me and he wills good for me. And then I'm able to kind of get free of the burden of all this emotion that I maybe even wasn't fully conscious of, but by articulating it to you and you empathizing and being with me in it, it gets clearer. And then I'm able to see it a little bit more objectively and get free of it. And I'm encouraged. It's a great insight there. Really an epiphany that encouragement follows naturally from empathy. It does. Yes. And, and, you know, we and a psychologist, you know, would... Children, we see this all the time. You know, we would see that where our child will be sad about something, they'd fall down, they'd cry, we'd go, we'd empathize with them. Oh, you know, you tripped, you must be embarrassed, or Is that, does it hurt? You know, and we're empathizing with them, drawing them out, and and then they find this strength of, oh, I'm okay, I'm going to go back and play with Johnny. Mm-hmm. You know, but if they fall and we just kind of say, oh, you're okay, go play, Johnny's waiting. Then they start Then whining. they start crying harder, <laughs> yeah, because they're not getting that need mm-hmm. for feeling understood and like, we're for them and with them. That's a great example of what I mean when I say probably the average parent that's well-intentioned and even, you know, a Christian parent doesn't understand what you just said Yeah, well, it's, in that example there. It's through the empathy that we really know we're loved, we're cared for, we're safe, we're not alone. Somebody sees us, somebody cares about us and our experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just hard to believe something so fundamental, like we say, empathy is oxygen for the soul, and yet it's just in such short supply in our world, and even in our churches, it seems. Well, sometimes that hurts us when we're watching movies and we see these parent-child interactions and yeah. there's no empathy. We just go, oh, <laughs> no, don't say that and walk away. Yeah. Come back and- Continue the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Ask a question here. Yeah. L- listen with some sensitivity. And, yeah. yeah. So for the parents that are listening, the grandparents, my favorite training and good parenting in empathizing is through the organization Love and Logic. They do mm. a really good job of emphasizing the importance of having empathy for your children. Mm-hmm. And even in the context of discipline, mm-hmm. it's not instead of discipline, but it's first and discipline without it, without the love, it's destructive. Right. And yet at the same time, I've heard twice this week from people that uh, listen to our podcast and they said, you know, I've, I've been working on the empathy thing. I've been learning to empathize. I've been giving lots and lots of empathy in my relationships. And, you know, but this relationship, it's like it's not enough because I give the empathy, but it's like this person that I'm empathizing with is just stuck. Mm-hmm. There's no movement. They're not taking courage. They're not, I don't see them responding to the empathy I'm giving them. And I just keep giving them empathy because you tell me to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they appreciate it. But it's not getting them unstuck, and now I'm feeling tired and drained, and like I just don't, I don't have any more to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes empathy isn't enough. 
sometimes there is just more that's needed in order for someone to um, empathy is necessary for uh, personal growth and, and so forth, but it's not sufficient. Right. Or for a healthy relationship, empathy is necessary, especially mutual empathy that's going both ways, mm-hmm. right? But it wouldn't be sufficient. A healthy relationship would need some other uh, good qualities in there also. Mm-hmm. And in particular, you're bringing up the uh, need to integrate grace and truth, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh, Paul's teaching in Ephesians chapter 4 on the importance of speaking the truth in love and that this is essential to how we grow in maturity in Christ and it's in the context of community in the body of Christ he's talking about with each member using their gifts and coming together to support one another and partner together in order to minister and to you know advance the aspects of the church and so forth and we need to keep love and truth together and so sometimes they get separated and maybe in this example you're giving they've been separated yeah i think so and i think while receiving empathy which is a, a main way we feel loved and communicate love is really foundational and really important there probably is a time where we need something else so even there's times when maybe you would empathize with me and maybe i would say thank you for empathizing it really helps me and i also want to know what would you do if you were me? Or what can you see that I can't see? And that's such a great thing. I mean, there's so many proverbs that say a wise person seeks counsels, seeks feedback. And so what you just modeled there was taking responsibility to say, okay, I can learn something. I can improve. And that's, that's a gift that we give a friend or a counselor, a mentor, a pastor. You know, when we say, hey, you know, a parent, you know, an adult mm-hmm. child to a parent maybe, or a parent to an adult child, you know, when we say, you know, well, what would you do if you were me? Now, we might want to have that be our second question. Our first question might be, you know, can you listen to me? And we might yes. just seek that empathy. Yeah. Because until we know that somebody cares, we don't really care what they know, exactly. right? That, you know, that how that adage goes. So, but you're putting the two together in that example. I really like that. Yeah, but what happens when you've got the person who doesn't ask that same question? Right. They just keep receiving the empathy until you're drained and tired of giving it. Then maybe you say, well, you know, I've been empathizing with you and it seems like you're kind of stuck. And I think I might have some ideas or what about we brainstorm some ideas together? Right. You can sort of ask permission. Like, do you want to get unstuck? Do you want to think together about how you might deal with this situation? Yeah, because people need to be activated to deal with their situation. But the problem is, is if I'm the listener and I'm the one that's more motivated Mm. for the person to change than they are. And then I'm trying to get them to do something, which is what advice is about. That's what reassurance is about. When we say, oh, you know, cheer up, don't feel sad. We're trying to change people Mm -hmm. and without realizing it, we're bypassing their will. Yeah. So in that case, maybe you're feeling responsible for this person who's stuck. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to put the responsibility back on them but you're doing it in a way that isn't really loving or helpful. Because it's indirect. It's under the table. Mm -hmm. In your example, you're asking. Mm -hmm. You're saying, well, would you like to talk about how you might deal with this situation? So if they're not asking that, then maybe you need to say, confess, you know, I'm happy to empathize, but I'm kind of running out of empathy and I'm feeling now responsible because I'm not seeing you make any movement. And I need you to take responsibility for yourself in this area. Well, and you're, you're needing understanding because we're talking about like in a, a marriage relationship or a friendship where there needs to be some mutuality. Mm-hmm. 
and even this is true in uh, certainly in family relationships, but even in parent-child relationships, as the children are getting older, there begins to be some degrees of mutuality there. And so as much as we're giving empathy to people, well, we need to ask for empathy also. So that's a, another way of dealing with this situation is to say, well, I've really been, been trying to listen to you and I, I want to understand you know, how you feel. And I'm sure that there's more that I haven't yet understood, but I'm having some feelings too. And I would appreciate if you could listen to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I've been really um, attending to you and and trying to understand this challenge that you're having, you know, in your work situation, I've been getting frustrated and I just feel like I'm pouring out so much and I'm just not seeing where it's helping you. Maybe it's helping you and I'm not realizing it, but it, it seems like you're just still feeling really negative about the situation. And I I hear you complain and I hear you kind of, and I see you get stuck and discouraged and and not deal with it. And then I just start to feel like, well, maybe it's not doing any good, you know, my listening. And I start to get worried about, you know, our finances and how is this job going to work out anyway? And so I'm having some feelings here and Mm -hmm. I I wonder, can you hear that? I I hope that you don't go into guilt and condemnation when I share these things. I I really just want you to understand my emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully then the person who's just received empathy and then now has heard you ask for empathy mm-hmm. could respond with empathy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm seeing from your perspective that you're feeling like I'm stuck and you're feeling a lot of responsibility and fear as you listen to me and that's really draining you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want to be a good listener and a good helper to you, but I'm just feeling like it seems futile. It seems like it's not making a difference and I'm just getting tired. You're really tired of just empathizing with me and not seeing it, any change. You're feeling hopeless, despairing. So what difference is it making for you? Yeah, so that we go back and forth like that, mm-hmm. and that would be really helpful. Now, this kind of interaction is essential to a, a really emotionally intimate relationship, but mm-hmm. it would be a tricky thing because when I'm sharing what I'm sharing and you start going into, oh, I guess I'm messing up here, I guess I'm just a complainer. I guess I'm not dealing with my problems at work. I go, I've been a burden again. I've just, you know, Mm -hmm. worn him down. Mm -hmm. And so that could be a real problem that would derail that communication. If you're going into self-condemnation and guilt and shame Shame. and depression, where are you going to get the energy to empathize with me? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where sometimes in a relationship like that, one of the persons might need to go get some support outside of the relationship from somebody else who can be more objective about it who isn't, you know, doesn't feel that same sense of responsibility. Yeah, even if it's a safe friend, but someone where you can get some, because we all need that empathy. And what we're illustrating is sometimes in a close relationship, especially maybe a marriage, both people are needing empathy at the same Mm -hmm. time. Maybe one or maybe even both don't have it really to give. Yeah. Because they're they're just too tired or they're struggling or it's pushed one of their buttons and and Mm -hmm. they're they're going into a place of of fear and anxiety or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for me, when that happens with us, well, that doesn't happen to us, does it? <laughs> well, thankfully, not very often. We're but... therapists. We, we always do this right, don't we? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> we have our own subjective emotions going on. And sometimes we, you know, reach our end, too, of yes, ability to empathize with each other. Certainly I do. Yeah. So one of the things that also helps me is to really go to the Lord and look to Him to receive empathy from the Lord for me and to strengthen me and understand my experience. And then I asked the Lord to help me understand yours and to give me the ability to empathize with you too. And I confess that, you know, I can't, I'm out of it. I'm out of that. 
maybe I'll pray also for God to provide somebody else to come alongside of you. I always feel loved when I see you going to your journal and writing out your prayers, because I know that you're taking to the Lord some deep things that you're struggling with and that you're afraid or maybe going to overwhelm or trigger me or, you know, we've had a, a conflict and, you know, there just needs to be a little bit of space before we mm-hmm. come back to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always thankful and I know that you're seeking God in that. And I see that as a sign of not only your love for the Lord and your self-care, but your love for me. Well, good. I'm glad you see that and you don't instead project into that, oh no, what what she... <laughs> what she's doing about there because <laughs> you're right i am seeking the lord and praying about it yeah so empathy is what we all need and it's just really the greatest blessing in our relationships and yet there's one sense which maybe it's not enough because we also need to be able to have mutual empathy empathizing with others isn't enough for a relationship we need to receive that also and there's times where we need to be able to speak the truth gently, you know, in a way that can be received. And we need that balance of grace and truth in our relationships. Yeah. And there is a time to ask somebody to take responsibility and make some movement after yeah. you've empathized with them. And that's a, a great subtlety as to how in our roles as listeners and caregivers and pastors and counselors and small group leaders and you know, Jesus was a master at helping people take responsibility for themselves because that's the key to change. Mm-hmm. I can't change anybody. Even the Lord won't change somebody without their consent, without their will. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus recruited people and drew them in and cultivated motivation out of them. And we can even do that in the way that we listen and care for people. Empathy is meant to do that. We're sort of gently giving to people back what they feel and saying, okay, I'm with you. And is this what you feel? And all oh, this, yeah, this too, this is part of it. And hopefully that develops that motivation to deal with the situation in a constructive way. Lord Jesus, thank you that you empathize with us. You yes, know, Lord. all of our sufferings and experiences, you're so intimately equated with our mm-hmm. ways and you're compassionate and empathetic to our emotions. And yet you also speak truth and lead us in your truth. We pray for our listeners that they would be able to receive empathy from you and from your people and extend it to others, and also that you would give them wisdom how, after doing that, to participate with you in speaking truth and love. Thank you that you're the wonderful counselor who teaches us and grows us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, friends. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We invite you to our website, soulshepherding.org, where you'll find over 700 free resources, including these Soul Talks. You also can find our newly published book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.